أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا So yesterday we talked about or not yesterday last week we talked about the the virtues of walking to the masjid from from one's home and how that's a separate sunnah uh, uh, than just getting to the masjid the actual superiority of walking on your own two feet rather than uh, 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 rather than living close to the masjid or coming in a car or whatever that it's actually itself a separate act of worship that has its own rewards um, today we'll talk about something that was mentioned in the previous chapters as well uh, which is also an act of worship that people have neglected um, which is the babu fadli intidhar salah waiting waiting for the salah so the idea is this right this is something that everybody should know whether or not even you're a muslim which is what if you're early you'll be on time and if you're trying to be on time you'll always be late if you if you want to be on time to something you have to be early if you try to be on time to something as it's itself a goal you always be late and so people say muslim standard time muslim standard time this is not something i don't really like i don't like people using that that phraseology i mean there's a hundred haram and people are eating machine slaughtered chicken and skipping their prayers and this and that so i'm not you know a person wouldn't make a big deal out of it and i'm setting because of priorities but this is a khas majlis this majlis is not like you know the jama khutbah this is a majlis of people who wish to uh, try the spiritual path and, and, and better themselves. So it should be mentioned in a, in a majlis like this that being late for things is not the sign of, uh, of being a believer. If it's not worth doing right, it's not worth doing at all. Instead of doing a million things like haphazardly, and instead of doing a million things haphazardly, do a couple of things well. A person who does a couple of things well, for that person to do more things well is easier than a person who does like a, you know, a whole bunch of things uh, uh, me- with mediocrity. Uh, to get them to do, uh, to teach them the skill set to do a couple of things well, it's, that's a much more difficult uh, operation. The first lesson a person should base, uh, uh, you know, everything that they do, whether it's in the spiritual path or in life, is that they should do few things, but they should do those few things with, 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 with quality. Uh, and this is something that, uh, you know, if you look at, uh, look at the, the, the way of doing things in, the Farangi system and the way of doing things in the uh, 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 in the old tradition of the Muslims, they're, they're, they're turned backwards. So in the Farangi system, what do you do? When you're in elementary school, you learn a little bit of everything. When you're in middle school, high school, bachelor's degree, you have general uh, education, uh, uh, elective type courses that you have to take. And then as you f- go further and further, progress further and further with your, uh, with your studies and your understanding, it leads to a type of specialization. Whereas the, uh, the traditional system of the Muslims was what? You specialize in something. You literally, the first thing a child learns is alif, ba, ta, ta. There's no PE, there's no uh, uh, arts, there's no, none of that stuff. You learn how to read the letters and then you learn how to read the Quran properly and then you memorize the Quran and you have mastery and the ability to be able to recite it. As you go on with your studies further and further, the more, uh, 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 the deeper that you go, the more you start to synthesize different things. You learn different ulum, different funun, and then you start to synthesize them together into a holistic uh, worldview. 
and uh, each of them uh, will lead to a certain type of outcome. One is limited and the other one is broad. Uh, and so the idea is that, uh, 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 you know, the, the whole... The, 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 the whole like, package of how to do something well, uh, if you don't teach it in the beginning, it's really difficult for pick, people to pick it up later on. So the Salat is the first of the A'mal of the deen that a person should do. So there are all these Sunan that are there, uh, that, that, that are there to help a person be able to do their Salat well. So if you want to pray your Salat on time, you have to be early. Uh, and if you're early, you're going to have to wait. Now, people think that the waiting is a waste of time. The Rasulullah is saying it's not a waste of time. It in and of itself is a separate act of worship. It has its own separate uh, fadail and virtues, its own separate rewards, and it bequeaths you with something, some separate benefit. So we uh, start the chapter on Sayyidina Abi Hurairah radiallahu anhu. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala, La yazalu ahadukum fi salatin ma damat salatu tahbisuhu. لا يمنعه أن ينقلب إلى أهله إلا الصلاة متفق عليه that the سيدنا أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه narrates that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said one of you will continuously be in prayer as long as the next prayer is what 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 holds them from from leaving meaning if you come into the masjid you could pray and bounce but the reason you're waiting is the congregation then the reward for that is as if you're continuously praying. Uh, and uh, 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 the condition is what is that the only thing keeping a person there is the salat. Like they could go out and return to their family or return to their home or return to something more comfortable, but the only reason that they're not leaving is is the salat itself. Um, and this is one of the... Khair, we'll, we'll get to it. وَعَنْهُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَنَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ الملائكة تصلي على أحدكم ما دام في في مصلاة الذي this is a typo في مصلاة الذي صلى فيه مالم يحدث تقول اللهم اغفر له اللهم ارحمه so سيد نبوهير رضي الله عنه also narrates that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, the angels will continuously invoke God's blessings on one of you uh, 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 as long as that person stays in his, his place of prayer, in his musallah. Uh, uh, and this is a typo in the, in the text uh, uh, that they wrote a Tamar Buta and more unexplicably they wrote a, a Dhamma, they wrote the wrong Arab in it as well. That as long as uh, 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 um, a person stays in, in there, Musallah, uh, uh, that they prayed. Musallah means the ism makan, the place that they, they, they said their, their, their previous prayer. Ma'lam uh, yuhdith, as long as that person doesn't break their wudu, as long as they stay in, in wudu. And so those angels will, will, will continuously invoke uh, God's blessings on that person, saying, Oh Allah, forgive him, Oh Allah, have mercy on him. And the, you know, what's the speciality of the, the, the prayers of the angels? that they're accepted because they're not they're, they don't sin so you see a pious person you say make dua for me the angels themselves uh, they their dua when they make dua for a person what does that mean because the angels themselves as a point of aqidah they do not uh, 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 they do not negate or or go against the commandment of Allah Ta'ala 
So for them praying for you, that means that Allah Ta'ala wants you to give the, wants to give you that thing that they're praying for, which is what? Allah's forgiveness and Allah's mercy. Allah maghfir lahu, Allah marhamhu. As long as that person is waiting for the salat and as long as that person doesn't break their wudu. وَعَنْ أَنَسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ عَنْهُ أَنَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ أَخَرَ لَيْلَةً صَلَاةَ الْعِشَاءِ إِلَىٰ شَطْرِ اللَّيْلِ ثُمَّ أَقْبَلَ بِوَجْهِهِ بَعْدَمَا صَلَّى فَقَالَ صَلَّى النَّاسُ وَرَقَدُوا وَلَمْ تَزَالُوا فِي صَلَاةٍ مُنْذُ انْتَظَرْتُمُوهَا رواه البخاري سيدنا أنس بن مالك رضي الله تعالى عنه narrates that the uh, messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he delayed the prayer uh, the Isha prayer one, one night until uh, nearly half the night had passed then he uh, uh, turned to us with his Mubarak face sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after he prayed and he said that some people, they prayed the Salat and they already went home, they went to sleep already. Meaning what? There are some people who just prayed at home, they didn't come to the masjid at all. And there are some people who, who waited as long as they could and then they prayed and they went home. So the Prophet said some people prayed and they already, uh, uh, they already uh, uh, went to sleep. And you who stayed, uh, all of you, you were uh, in Salat uh, as long as you were waiting. As long as you were waiting. And this brings up another another point. People, people are very self-serving when it comes to principles. So when the principles of Deen uh, 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 are in their favor, they they get real self-righteous and up on other people about those principles. And when they don't serve their nafs, then they 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 pretend like they don't know what they're what they're talking about. Pay attention here. They pretend like they they pretend like they don't know what's going on. So. What is, what is one of the principles? One of the principles is to be on time. Now in the Masajid, the, the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is what? The Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is that the Adhan was called and the people would come and they would pray their Sunnahs and they would sit in their place. Someone would pray more, somebody would uh, 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 read Qur'an, somebody would make dhikr, somebody would sit. There are a number of, there are a number of modes of dhikr as well. Right, the the you don't have to you know be sitting there Allah Allah like out loud in front of everybody all you know at all, at all times. In fact, you probably shouldn't. the The most easy <coughs> form of dhikr is what is that a person just sit and think about good things, think about the recitation of the Quran, how much you love the recitation of the Quran. Think about if you had you know like money, what good things you would spend it on. Think about just good things that that. Uh, that that muraqaba itself is a mode of dhikr. It's a sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu It's extremely easy to do. Even a person is laying in bed waiting to go to sleep. A person can do that. That's also a masnoon act of worship uh, uh, that's transmitted from the Prophet sallallahu It's mentioned in the beginning of the Riyadh al-Salihin. I mean, there's literally a hadith about it. So whatever it is, if you're not like you know, if you're not like in the zone with your like super like maxed out zikr or whatever, you can do something as simple as that. But the the sunnah was what that the adhan is called. And the people come, make those who have wudu come to the masjid, those people who don't have wudu make the wudu and come to the masjid. They pray their sunnahs and then they wait. And they wait in some sort of mode of worship for, for what? For the imam to come. That's the sunnah. The sunnah is not that like Salat al-Asr is at 3 o'clock. In Janab, when like the clock strikes 3, everybody gets antsy and then they start to get up on the imam and you know, like you know, someone will stand in the place of the imam and all this other nonsense. This is why, by the way, this is why everybody in the ummah is like a, 
except for those who Allah has very you know special Rahman. This is why the Ummah is in the, the, the complete like chaotic state that it's in. Because the way that they go to the Salat, it reflects through in the way they do everything else. Anyone who's been an Imam in a masjid before knows that. Like if you show up, if the Salat is at like 3, and you show up at 3.01, Right, uh, 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 you know, like they'll, the jamaat will already have been stood and they'll already be in the second rakaah. You're like wondering, like, did they start the prayer early on the day that I was on the day that I was one minute late? Um, and what happens? Then they lecture the imam, like, oh, what kind of Islam is this? I heard in Real Salihin, you're supposed to be on time to everything, and blah blah blah, and the other thing, you know, the other thing, and they're going to get up on uh, uh, on the imam about that. No, actually, the actual sunnah is to wait until the imam comes. And if your imam is not a person that, that's, that, that's worth waiting for, then what does that tell you about the way your masjid is run? And if there's nobody in your community that people respect enough that they would wait for them, what does that say about your whole community? There's some systemic issue, there's something systemically wrong there. And the fact of the matter is, m- most of our masajid, they're the people leading the prayer, uh, you, know, uh, you know, like, uh, sir, you're entitled to your opinion, you're not entitled to your own tajweed. You're entitled to your own opinion. You're entitled to your own preference of what flavor. You're not entitled to your own version of deen or to your own version of tajweed or to your own whatever freestyle or whatever. And people, people don't, don't, don't respect the imam. And what is it? You have all these other mechanisms in place in order to uh, uh, compensate for this uh, uh, problem, to compensate for this uh, uh, you know, uh, deficiency in the, in the way things are run, which is definitely not according to the sunnah of the Prophet and the fact of the matter is, yes, they, whoever the imam is, they should come on time. They shouldn't just mess with people for no reason. That itself is a, a sign of a person being a bad leader. But at the same time, you know, there's an equilibrium between people. If you want to be together, part of the jama'ah existing is that there needs to be imara in it. And it's give and take. Sometimes uh, a person in a position of leadership has to do things that stress the people. And sometimes uh, 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 the people should also, uh, uh, should also uh, accept that from the leadership. Uh, as a as a matter of fact, there's no uh, you know there's no day of the year in which every day has good weather. There's seasons for everything. Things happen. That's how the jama'ah will stay together. The jama'ah doesn't stay together only in good times and then in bad times everybody separates. That's not unity at all. That's fake. That's fake unity. What is the the so you see this happens in the Sunnah of the Prophet so many times that sometimes the Rasulullah Sallam was late. This is one of the good things about the the khanqa. In our khanqa, the the that that's the system used to be that the adhan was called. And the Shaykh, when he would come out from the Hujra, that's when we would pray. And sometimes it would be right away, and sometimes it would take uh, some time, and sometimes it would take like abnormally long amount of time, and people would just be there and they would wait. I mean, now we live in, a, in, a, in an era where people don't read sunnahs anymore anyway. Like weeks, months will go by, a person won't pray uh, the, their sunnahs, even if they think that they're a very pious person who's praying their farth prayer. But if you implement the sunnah of coming at the time of the adhan and waiting for the imam, then what? You'll see that. You'll see that, that, that people will then also have a very normal and natural time for them to pray the sunnahs as well. And uh, this is one thing I have to congratulate the graduates of the, uh, the madrasa in Raiwind in, 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 in Pakistan. MashaAllah, they're, they're, whenever the ulama have, have gatherings uh, and the adhan is called, you see that the, all the graduates of that particular madrasa, they're all in the first row having had wudu from before the adhan is called and having prayed their sunnah as they're waiting and they get the first takbir uh, uh, as opposed to uh, some of the other people who are stragglers we're, we're, uh, have bad habits from years of not 
implementing these sunan. So without speaking ill of other people, but at least just to, like Mashal Mufti Harun Firdosi, he's here in this city, right? Him, uh, uh, Moana uh, 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 Mufti Salim Lakani, his brother uh, uh, Moana Iqbal, Moana Faraz from from uh, uh, this uh, uh, Minneapolis, right? These guys, they're like that. They're cracked. They're on time, and they're waiting. Why? Because that was part of their tarbiyah, that, that this sunnah, the emphasis of it was made. That what? That you wait. Those people who spent time in the khanqah, they know that's, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. Imagine that in the khanqah, some, one day the people got yelled at. Why? Because they're, they're getting into the salat, they're making the salat in jama'ah, but like joining the second raka'ah and the third raka'ah. And uh, uh, the, the nazim of the khanqah, the, 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 the person who runs the management of the khanqah, uh, uh, at the behest of our sheikh, he, he, he yelled at everybody. He said, if you guys are going to join the salat in the second raka'ah, imagine, imagine that, like if we pray in congregation like we're super pious people. He said, if you guys are going to join the salat in the second raka'ah, why are you even here? Go somewhere else. Go enjoy yourself. Go have chai at the, you know, at the, at the chai stall. Go eat out. Go bowling. Go to the mall. Why are you even here? Obviously, this is not like the, the regular masjid. In a regular masjid, it may be inappropriate to dress people down like that. But the person who comes to the khanqah for their own self-betterment and whatever, um, you know, why, why are you here? Why did you come here? Why did you come all of this way? What's the point? If you're going to join the salat in the second raka'ah, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu why is he Siddiq? Why is he the true faith one? Because he didn't miss the, the first takbir in the masjid for, you know, for his whole life, uh, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Right, that's the whole. That's the whole reason. Why, why is it that you say Allahu Akbar when moving from posture to posture in the salat, and you say Sami Allahu liman hamida Rabbana wa lak alhamd out of the coming out of the rukul? What's particularly noteworthy with regards to the hukam of the salat uh, about coming out of rukul? What's noteworthy is that the person who uh, uh, joins the salat before that point, that person has caught the rakah, and whoever joins the the salat after that point, that rakah won't count for them. So the, the story is that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq was, was against his habit. He was one day, as every human being would be, was uh, 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 caught up in some whatever part of the dunya. I mean, being Siddiq doesn't mean you don't have to pay rent or that food doesn't cost you money, you know. So he has to do his things in the day. And so he got caught up and then he realized Salat and he darted to the masjid. And he was afraid he missed the first raka'ah. And when he, uh, uh, he, he uh, said Allahu Akbar and then went, in, went into the ruku'ah, and uh, 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 he, he said Alhamdulillah, he praised Allah Ta'ala, he didn't miss the, he didn't miss the, the prayer. And so Sayyidina Jibreel salam was present to witness this happening. And so the Rasul Wasallam heard him say Alhamdulillah. And Sayyidina Jibreel said to the Prophet ﷺ in the prayer, he says, سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدَهُ That Allah Ta'ala heard the one who praised him. Allah Ta'ala heard the one who praised him. And the Prophet ﷺ repeated those words. Because Jibreel ﷺ would teach the Prophet ﷺ to pray, so he, how to pray. So he said, سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدَهُ Allah hears the one who praises him. But that's not about you and me, that's about him, uh, uh, Allah Ta'ala Anhu. Allah Ta'ala hears the one who praises him. And then when the Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq heard the Prophet say these words, he said, Rabbana wa lak alhamd. And both of these things become a sunnah now in the prayer. Right? Obviously, it's not you and I who did it. We're the ones who benefit from it. It teaches us the, the benefit of, of, of what? Of first 
you know, someone who knows a little bit of Arabic will know that Samiallahu liman hamida means that Allah Ta'ala hears the one who praises them, and then afterward you praise after hearing that, so that Allah may hear you. But the whole the whole institution of uh, of that part of the prayer is what it's a uh, uh, it's a gift from Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, his fikr of 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 being there at the prayer, not missing any part of it which is something that we take extremely lightly. You're not going to be able to be a person who catches the takbir ula, uh, the takbiratul ula, uh, if, you're, if you're not actually waiting for the prayer. If you know that the salat is going to be at like 7 p.m. straight, you know, and you're trying to get to the masjid at 7 p.m., you're not going to get there. Why? Because there's going to be parking issues, because some old person is going to be in the way and uh, uh, taking their shoes off and it takes a million years. And you're supposed to wait for them. You're supposed to show kind- kindness to them. That's another reason for you to get reward. That's another th- reason for Allah to have mercy on you. But instead, you put yourself in a position where you're like, whoa, won't this old dude, like, won't this, you know, old woman, like, get out of my way? And she's ruining my prayer. No, you ruined your prayer. You ruined your prayer through your carelessness. Uh, if it was that important for you to show up five minutes early, you know, you would have shown up for ten minutes early. You would have come at the time of the adhan. You know, the person who has love, that person will, will with care and love, they'll take care of these things. They'll make these arrangements in order not to be in that position. And then the person who comes like a moron, they'll come into the masjid and they'll push people out of the way, and they'll 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 try to shove themselves into the first saf, and they'll destroy your prayer that you don't have literally a place to sit. People try to shove themselves into the prayer. I have like my. Uh, uh, one of my knees has like uh, I had the the same as you, right? ACL reconstruction surgery. I can't even sit properly. I need a little bit of extra room on one side. So if if I come early and the person shoves themselves in, you know, either either I just push them back or 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 what? Like try to be pious, and the person literally causes taklif. People cause taklif to one another because of these things. If you do it the way manner in the manner of the sunnah, it will increase the world in beauty. If you do it against the manner of the sunnah, that very same thing that you think you're getting uh, thawab for, you're actually gonna you're actually gonna mess it up. So this is the sunnah. You want to follow the sunnah instead of getting up on the imam for being uh, uh, thirty or forty five seconds late or even five minutes late. Instead of that, you practice the sunnah of coming when the adhan is called. Coming, you know, for example, some, some of the masajid, they'll pray like Asr, for example, or Isha, like significantly later than when the Adhan is called. That's fine. Come early then. Just come early. Uh, you know, come 10 minutes early. Come 15 minutes early. That's what the sunnah is. Uh, and uh, know this as well, right? We talked about the way the people pray is a, a, is a manifestation of what the state of the ummah is in. Right, the the congregational prayer. Look, you know, obviously there are different madhahib and, and things like that. But in the Hanafi and the Maliki madhab, there's only one congregation in the masjid. When we talk about people who pray in the congregation, that's there's only one congregation. When it's done, it's actually, it's actually makru to do a second congregation in the masjid. Meaning what? Meaning your prayer will be technically valid in the fiqh, but it's going to be devoid of reward. So there's no point grab another person. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, make that iqamah. There's no point to it. You're literally, you'll get more reward if you pray separately. Why? Because the congregation was not the one you want, it's the one Allah Ta'ala wanted. It's not the one you want, it's the one that Allah Ta'ala wanted. That one's done already. Which one is that? Is that the one that's at 7 o'clock on the dot or is that the one that the imam leads? It's the one that the imam leads. All the fuqaha, they, they, they mention this. So if somebody else makes the iqamah and prays at 7 o'clock and the imam comes at 7.05, it's his prerogative if he wishes to that the iqama be called again and that the jamaat be prayed and the one that receives the prayer is the one that prayed with him. So wait, 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 wait for the imam. 
if the imam is not somebody worth waiting for, that's a different problem. That's a, another problem. Some of you know the problems of the umar are not like I have like a magic trick that I can, you know, one, two, three, read Ayatul Kursi and blow on it and it just makes everything better. There's like a number of layers of, of problems. So how do you deal with them? You peel back one layer at a time. Layer at a time. That's a separate issue. That's a separate issue. Uh, uh, but the, the 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 sunnah. If somebody wants to know what the sunnah is, is that 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 congregation that receives the rewards. That's the one with the with the Imam Ratib, uh, the 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 Imam that is set by the uh, that's set by the uh, uh, by the Imara of, of of the community. So we say from Sayyidina Anas bin Malik really, and someone says, well, what if the imar of the community is corrupt? I said, they're corrupt because everybody worships money. So we're the, all, all of us are the idiots that said, I'd rather go to the masjid that has a, a $100,000 chandelier in it. And so the people who can afford the $100,000 chandelier, you took bay'ah with them and you're, they're leading you to wherever they're going, wherever they end up on the Yom Al-Qiyamah. I hope you enjoy it there because you'll be there forever. If we didn't love the money, maybe there would be other people who would follow uh, and we would go to, uh, you know, go and be with them even if the, the chandelier wasn't as fancy. Uh, but uh, everyone loves to blame, you know, everyone loves to blame the king and the president and the crown prince and God knows what. And, uh, you know, their, their, their stupidity and tyranny and cruelty wouldn't have been possible if all of us didn't go along with it. Someone says, what if I don't go along with it, I'll get jailed and beaten or whatever. Well, you know, you can at least show up to the masjid that has an imam worth following. No one's going to jail you or beat you for that. At least not yet in most places. There are some places that it's gotten to that point now. But those places also didn't get to that point uh, except for that they passed through all of these marahil that we're talking about in order to get to those destinations. Allah Ta'ala protect us. This is a hadith, the dua of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that when, when, and we read it in the Riyadh al-Salihin also that you know, one of the things that he used to make dua for when they were together, when, a, when, when their gathering would disperse, Allah, don't put an authority over us, the one that, that, doesn't, that doesn't have mercy on us. So the Rasul Sallallahu he mentions that one night, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he delayed the Salat until about half the night passed. Uh, and this is why this is one of the the, the opinions of the fuqaha the muftabi opinion in the maliki madhab is that that it's makru to delay the salat after one third of the night but it's a minority opinion that 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 it extends all the way to half the night and this hadith perhaps is one of the proofs for that for that opinion but this is that this practice of the prophet may be bayan lil jawaz just to show that the prayer is still valid that late it may it may not actually say that it's okay to delay it like this as a as a habit uh, if something happens like when you're traveling or there's some need to delay it like that, then it happens, it happens. But you shouldn't delay the prayer beyond the first third of the night. If you divide the night into three sections starting from Maghrib until Fajr, that first third should be the, the, the last that you should delay the, the, the Salat al-Isha. Uh, so if you're at a party or you're at home or you're whatever, uh, uh, and you, even if you're not going to make it to the masjid, you shouldn't delay it until after that. Delaying it afterward is makruh, meaning that you still have to pray. But but by virtue of delaying it until after that point, you destroyed the, the reward of the prayer. Now you'll pray and you'll be obviated of the punishment of having missed the prayer, but you destroyed the, 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 the thawab, the reward of the prayer. And uh, a person, you know, it doesn't take rocket science. Someone's like, well, why? It doesn't take rocket science to understand why. I mean, if you, everyone's done this, you go to a party, everyone had fun, and you get home at one o'clock in the morning, what quality of, what's the quality of your prayer? And you're with her. It's like a speed, you know, speed four plus three, you know, lucky seven and just get done with it. You know, it's, it's not a very high quality prayer, uh, even, you know, even by anecdotal experience. 
So, but at any rate, so the Prophet ﷺ, he came at when roughly half the night had passed. And then he turned with his Mubarak face, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. After he had prayed, he turned to us and he said uh, that that some of the people have prayed and gone to sleep, and you all uh, 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 have been continuously in prayer as long as you've been waiting. Babu Fadli Salatul Jamaati. This is a, uh, the chapter with regards to the. <coughs> The, uh, uh, um, the the virtue of praying in praying in in, in jama'a in in uh, congregation so the 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 fiqhi hukum of the prayer in the congregation is that it is a a, a, a sunnah mu'akkada it is a a, a a highly emphasized sunnah that approaches uh, close to being fard, but is not actually fard uh, uh, for every free adult sane male. That they should they should they should render their salat in the congregation uh, if they're able to. And then the discussion of what that means will will come uh, shortly. Uh, but there are a number of hadith that indicate that you know that it's something that, that a person could be forgiven for thinking that it's actually a uh, 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 an obligation of deen. عن سيدنا عبد الله ابن ابن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وعنهما أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال صلاة الجماعة أفضل من صلاة الفذ بسبع وعشرين درجة متفق عليه سيدنا عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنه وعنهما he said that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said that the prayer in congregation is uh, uh, more virtuous than the prayer of a person praying alone uh, by 27 stations. That there are 27 qualitative stations that that, that prayer improves and, and, and uh, uh, becomes better by. وعن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صلاة الرجل في جماعة تضعف على صلاته في بيته وفي سوقه خمسا وعشرين ضعفا ضعفا عفوا وذلك أنه إذا توضأ فأحسن الوضوء ثم خرج إلى المسجد لا يخرجه إلا الصلاة ثم لم يخط خطوة إلا رفعت له بها درجة وحط عنه بها خطيئة فإذا صلى لم تزل الملائكة تصلي عليه ما دام في مصلاه في مصلاه ما لم يحدث اللهم صل عليه اللهم ارحمه ولا يزال في صلاة من تذر الصلاة متفق عليه وهذا لفظ وهذا لفظ البخاري. So Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, he narrated the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, and this is a explanation uh, of that prayer that's 27 ranks higher uh, 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 than, than the prayer of a person at home alone. That that's not just that you made the, the, the jama'ah like in any way, shape, form that you're going to get that automatically. Rather, there's a, a science, there's like, you know, there's an addition, a type of arithmetic that things add up in order to make it like that. Uh, and so as many of these things as a, a person does well and with beauty, uh, uh, that's how much better their salat will get. 
And if they do the whole thing properly, they'll be 27 ranks higher than the, the, the Salat had they not done any of these things and prayed separately. That the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said that the reward of praying in congregation is, uh, is multiplied by, by uh, uh, 25 times when compared to the reward of a person who prays uh, alone in their, in their house or in their uh, place of business. People pray in their shops or they pray at work or whatever. Um, those are valid, but making it to the congregation is 25 times more reward. And that 25 times more reward, which is different than the, 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 the qualitative difference in ranking, uh, this has to do with the quantum of reward. That's a qualitative comparison. The 25 times more reward is for the one who made wudu at home and they made the wudu well, according to all of its uh, sunnahs. It's du'as, all of those things. They used a small amount of water. They washed each limb uh, three times, etc., etc., which we talked about in the previous lessons. That the person made the, du'a, the wudu properly uh, at home. Then that person walked to the masjid. Um, then that person prayed the salat. And they walked to the masjid. Why? For the sake of going to the masjid. Not They're not on their way to something else. But the, the, the maqsid of, of, of leaving the home was to go to the masjid, not anything else. That person will not take a step except for every step uh, 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 will be an increase in rank for them uh, uh, and a, uh, uh, an offloading of their sins. And when they pray, the angels will, uh, 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 will invoke God's blessings on them uh, uh, as long as that person is standing or is, is located in the place that they prayed. Uh, meaning that the, the salat and then afterward... Uh, uh, the du'as and things like that. Right? So the, 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 the sunnah, making dhikr after the prayer and making du'a after the prayer, these are good things as well. People run away from them because they're not like the quote-unquote. But what is it? It's like a person set the table and now this is the time to eat. The entire thing was set up for you. Now the longer that you sit there, the more you'll get out of the salat without having actually to be in the salat itself. So this is something that it would be foolish of a person to just run away from. So that person, as long as they're in that, that musallah, uh, uh, the angels will continuously invoke God's blessings on the person and they'll say, Oh Allah, uh, 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 your blessings, rain your blessings down on this person. Oh Allah, have mercy on this person. Uh, and that person will be with Allah Ta'ala counted as uh, being in the prayer as long as they're waiting for the prayer. As long as they're waiting for the prayer. It's the hadith of Bukhari and Muslim. And this uh, uh, wording is from, 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 from Bukhari. وعنه رضي الله تعالى عنه قال أتى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رجل أعمى فقال يا رسول الله ليس لي قائد يقودني إلى المسجد فسأل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أن يرخص له فصلى في بيته فرخص له فلما ولى دعاه فقال له هل تسمع النداء بالصلاة قال نعم قال فأجب Uh, Sayyidina Abu Huraira he, he narrates uh, um, he narrates an ajib uh, uh, a very strange ajib in Urdu means something different ajib in Arabic means wondrous uh, that's the and actually if you read like Ash'ar in, in, in classical Urdu if such a thing is, really exists but in classical Urdu the, 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 the Urdu of the Shu'ara that, that were conversant in Persian and Arabic they, the, the word ajib is used in the, the, the ash'ara as meaning, uh, meaning wondrous. Uh, 
what 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 modern Urdu the word that modern Urdu uh, uh, uses to describe ajib with it's actually that's the meaning of gharib in in the modern Urdu gharib means poor but that's not what the what the actual dictionary meaning of gharib is nor is it in the in the literary meaning so uh, uh, um, Sayyidina Abu Hurair radiallahu ta'ala anhu he narrates that uh, a, a blind man came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he said O Messenger of Allah I have nobody to guide me to the masjid. So what does that mean? Like imagine a blind person who's outside. If they, if they don't have like, a, now they have like dogs that do this or a person will have someone accompanying them or whatever, or they'll have the cane and they'll try to feel what's out in front of them. Person could be crossing the street and not see a, a car. They could get hit. They could trip over something and fall. And when they fall, they don't know how to brace themselves properly. It's dangerous. This is not just like a convenience issue. This is something like people will repeatedly hurt themselves, you know, doing things because it's just difficult, it's dangerous. That a blind man, uh, 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 he said, O Messenger of Allah, uh, I have no one to uh, guide me to the masjid. And so he asked the Messenger of Allah to give him permission to pray at home. So the Messenger of Allah gave him permission. Uh, And then after when the person was turning to leave, uh, uh, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam called him and, and asked, "Do you hear? Do you hear the adhan?" He said, "I do." He said, "Then answer, answer the call." One said, "Abdullahi waqila Amr ibn Qaisin al-Ma'rufi bi ibni Ummi Maktum al-Mu'adhin anhu qala ya Rasulullah inna fi al-Madinati kathiratu al-Hawami wal-Sibai." فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تسمع حيا على الصلاة حيا على الفلاح فحيا هلا رواه أبو داود بإسناد حسن ومعنى حيا هلا يعني تعال so this is another hadith narrated by a blind man Sayyidina Abdullah and it said Amr bin Qais uh, the, the one well known as Ibn Ummi Maktum the, the Mu'adhan of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam whose mention is immortalized in the Quran Abasa wa Tawalla and Ja'ahul A'ma that he's the A'ma, he's the blind man who's a, that's mentioned in Surah Al-Abasa that he you know, being a blind person he said, O oh, Messenger of Allah uh, Medina has uh, a great number of jinns and uh, 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 jinns and and and, and uh, predatory uh, wild animals. Uh, so Hawam is uh, maybe the the, the 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 translation of jinns is wrong. The commentary, Hama is the name of a jinn, but the, uh, uh, um, but the meaning here is Al-Mu'ziyat kal-af'a wal-aqrab Like it has a number of poisonous like insects, like uh, um, scorpions and things like that. So he's a blind man, he's complaining about something that's like a legitimate like difficulty. And uh, uh, he said to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said to him, "Do you hear? Uh, can you hear the uh, in the adhan? Hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-fala. If you can, then then come." Uh, 
than 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 come to the prayer. Now, I mean, both of these both of these uh, uh, hadith. Um, If a person is in genuine difficulty in haraj, there is the fuqaha will give you rukhsa. But the idea is that these are people who are close to the Prophet wasallam, And so he's going to want to do what's best for them. And so what was he saying? He said, don't miss, the, don't miss the, the, the reward of these things. And uh, left a person, but it's important to know, to know that because uh, people sometimes are enamored with their own excuses. Now, as far as the fiqh is concerned, right? If a person is not in the earshot of the adhan, then this uh, 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 this doesn't apply. What does the earshot of the adhan mean? Without microphones or without whatever, you know, Turkish style uh, 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 huge minaret with three levels, each of them blaring a beautiful adhan in some maqam, depending on which time of the the the, the day it is. Um, without 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 uh, uh, reference to that, if the person through their voice, you know, whatever the earshot of the adhan is, so I'd say at least it's at least like half a mile or so, maybe. That's the the earshot, the regular earshot of the adhan. That people in within that within that radius, uh, the emphasis of coming to the masjid becomes so much that you know it's almost as if a person is committing a sin by like deliberately not not going. So many of us live much further than that. So in a fiqh sense, and this is what I mean by saying that fiqh doesn't like, and it's not the entire deen. It's important, but it's not the entire deen. In a fiqh sense, it may not be, it may not be as emphasized of a sunnah for you to attend the prayer. But from the tasawwuf point of view, you realize why why the the fiqh is the way it is that a person it's it's really horrible for them to miss it, is because of the sheer amount of reward. And so for the person who wants to have that reward, even if they're not, even if they're not, this you know such a such a duty is not imposed on them through the law. Uh, if a person wishes to make spiritual progress, then this is where they're going to find it. And that's more the more the point that, that that's being made over here. Uh, uh, because a person may be like, well, you said all these wonderful hadiths. How come I don't see you at the masjid five times a day? You know, and uh, you know, I'm guilty. So sharpen the sword, inshallah, you can execute me after the dars is over. <laughs> the point is this, is that the, 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 you know, a person may be clear in the fiqh, but you're losing, you're missing out if you don't, if you don't get those things. It's worth putting in your time and your effort into making them happen. And so one of the solutions may be like, you know, drive half an hour for every salat. If you did, it would be worth it, but not everyone's able to do so. Another solution would be to what? Like to make a musallah closer to your house where people can meet together in order to get that reward. Whether a person implements any of it or not, the ilm itself is a, uh, is, a is an act of worship. A person should have that knowledge. They should submit to it. That this is the way the deen is supposed to be. When a person does that, that's step one in order to go somewhere. By denying that, you're not going to do yourself any favors. And you're not going to benefit at any rate. وعن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال والذي نفسي بيده لقد هممت أن أمر بحطب فيحطب ثم أمر أمر بالصلاة فيؤذن بها ثم أمر رجلا فيؤم الناس ثم أخالف إلى رجال فأحرق عليهم بيوتهم this is a very interesting hadith. I remember the first time I heard this uh, from our uh, good brothers uh, from the Jamaat. Allah Ta'ala uh, reward them and uh, uh, make easy for them uh, the proliferation of their work with ikhlas. Uh, um, I was myself like hairan, like, like I was very uh, uh, surprised at this hadith. Because it's an uncharacteristically harsh wording from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And those, those are the ulama who said that going to the Jamaat is... 
is wajib. This is a proof for them. This hadith is a proof that they use uh, because the harshness of the wording of it. And the ulama that don't say it's wajib, they say that it's almost as if it's wajib because of this hadith. That Abu Hurairah who narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa swears an oath. He says, by the one in whose hand my soul is, uh, uh, I desire uh, to command that, uh, that, 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 that fuel and fire, uh, the fuel of fire be brought. Uh, and then I command that the, 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 the Salat be called for, the Adhan be called for the Salat and the Salat be assembled. And that I, uh, uh, I, I leave a person to lead the prayer. Uh, and then I go house to house to the houses of those people who, uh, 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 who didn't answer the call. And I, 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 I uh, burn the, the houses down on them. And uh, this is, this is uh, again, an uncharacteristically harsh uh, 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 statement of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and uh, the commentators write that the 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 target of the the target of this uh, hadith is the munafiqin. But when a person hears it and like, oh, good, because I'm not a munafiq, so I'm clear that I'm not a munafiq is like a sign you may be a munafiq. <laughs> that feeling. If a person's like, oh my goodness, that may be me, then inshallah you're not a munafiq. Inshallah, inshallah. Uh, but the idea is that what? That a person that they feel like, oh, that's somebody else, then it may not be somebody else. It may actually be you. Or it may be me. Allah Ta'ala protect us and forgive us. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, if his kafiyah, and he is, uh, he is ashadduhum fi amrillahi, the most severe in prosecuting the, the commandment of the Lord, the commandment of Allah from the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, if he's the one who was constantly afraid that if there's only one munafiq in all of Medina, that it would have been me. Uh, uh, then that's uh, fair to say it's an accurate description of wilaya, of sainthood, and uh, 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 the, the ones that are self-assured all the time. Uh, 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 the, those are the, the, that's the sifa of the munafiqin. Then uh, that's that should make a person afraid. And uh, uh, you know, also if you look at things through the empirical model, right? Your, your PT, right? Your empirical uh, evidence-based medicine, right? Empirical model. Uh, is what if the shoe fits, wear it, right? Here, the sifa of the munafiqin is what that they're the people who should be at the salat and they're not there. Why would the messenger of Allah sallallahu become so upset? Why these people are deliberately the the fruit, the the actual benefit of the of the wahi coming is right there, and people are still not taking it. They're being obstinate. They're throwing themselves in the fire. Their families in the fire because of their uh, dogged insistence on not. I'm not benefiting from, from the wahi. This is problematic and it's frustrating as well. That you see a people uh, destroying themselves and throwing themselves toward destruction and, and, and not wanting to help themselves in obstructing other people. This is, this is highly problematic. And so the fact that the Prophet ﷺ would speak like this, and it's very rare that he says this about anything Sallallahu uh, Alaihi uh, Wasallam. He even doesn't speak about making jihad against the enemies of, uh, 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 of, of Islam in such harsh terms. So it means that this is an important, this is an important, important issue. You know, there are some people who are like, "Oh, how can you talk about salat all day?" You know, when there's no caliphate, it's like, "Okay, well, show me the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam." You know, uh, 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 like that, and then, 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 even then, you'll have all you have is the admission that that they're equal. Uh, uh, but the caliphate is something that is by the consensus consensus of the ulama fard kifaya. It's not fard ain on every single person. Whereas coming to the masjid is a fard ain. 
I know they're all the caliphate guys are going to listen to this and they're going to say, oh, don't you know the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi that the person who doesn't have, who dies without bay'ah in their, in their, in their neck, they die the di- death of jahiliyyah. That's when there's somebody to make bay'ah to. And your dude who's sitting in a, in a, you know, in a, in a masjid in suburban America, that, that's not a person to make bay'ah to. That's a joke. Let them bring sovereign authority first and then you'll see that the ulama and the pious ones would have beaten you to it already. Bring someone first and then talk about it. Otherwise, you're just prattling in the air. It's like a person who talks about the NBA All-Star team, you know, the elementary school kid who talks about the NBA All-Star team. It doesn't mean that they're actually on the All-Star team. It just means that they talk a lot of smack. And Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala, man sarahu an yalqa Allah ta'ala ghadan musliman falyuhafid ala ha'ula salawati haythu yunadi bihinna فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يُنَادَى بِهِنَّا عَفْوًا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَرَعَ لِنَبِيِّكُمْ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ السُّنَنَ الْهُدَى وَإِنَّهُنَّ مِنْ سُنَنِ الْهُدَى وَلَوْ أَنَّكُمْ صَلَّيْتُمْ فِي بُيُوتِكُمْ كَمَا يُصَلِّي هَذَا الْمُتَخَلِّفُ فِي بَيْتِهِ لَتَرَكْتُمْ عَفْوًا سُنَّةَ نَبِيِّكُمْ وَلَوْ تَرَكْتُ وَمَا يَتَخَلَّفُ عَنَّا إِلَّا مُنَافِقٌ مَعْلُومُ النِّفَاقِ وَلَقَدْ كَانَ الرَّجُلُ يُؤْتَى بِهِ يُحَادَى بَيْنَ الرَّجُلَيْنِ حَتَّى يُقَامَ فِي الصَّفِ رَوَاهُ مُسْلِمْ وَفِي رِوَايَةِ اللَّهُ قَالَ إِنَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ عَلَّمَنَا سُنَنَ الْهُدَى وَإِنَّ مِنْ سُنَنِ الْهُدَى It's a, a beautiful hadith narrated by Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who is from the fuqaha of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum and the transmitters of the Qur'an and the great, the great scholars and the ulama of the, the Sahaba people of knowledge. Not scholars in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the formal sense that's used nowadays, but meaning from the people of knowledge, the people who carried the knowledge of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That uh, he said, whoever uh, it makes them happy to... Meet Allah Most High tomorrow as a Muslim. Meaning when you die that you should be raised and brought to Allah Ta'ala as a Muslim. Uh, 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 let them guard over these, these prayers. Uh, 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 let, them, let, them, let them guard over these prayers. Meaning let them, let them be protective of their prayers. Hatta yunada bihinna. Let them guard over their prayers uh, 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 when they're called, uh, when they're when they're when they're called for, and in the places that they're called for, meaning the masajid. For indeed, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala made as a sacred law for your Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam certain sunnas of guidance, and uh, this is later on Sunnah al-Huda. This is this is this means that those sunnas that are part of the deen. They're not like a cultural practice of the Arabs, and that's why the Prophet also did them, etc. These are actually part of the deen, uh, 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 and these prayers are indeed from the Sunnah of guidance, from the Sunnahs of guidance. Uh, and if uh, you were to pray in your prayer in your homes, like uh, uh, today's uh, uh, lazy person prays in his home, that then you will have left the uh, sunnahs of your prophet and if you leave the sunnah of your prophet you'll go astray you'll be misguided 
uh, and uh, I saw I saw us, our condition, meaning the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi I saw our condition that that there was a time when nobody would, no one would stay back from the prayers, except for the munafiq that everyone knew this person is a, a hypocrite. Everybody knew this is a hypocrite. And here, munafiq means what? Means this person is a kafir inside. They profess Islam outwardly, and inside their heart, there's nothing except for the reality of kufr. <laughs> And I, 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 I and indeed, it used to be that a man would come to the come to the salat, and uh, um, e e despite the fact that they were so weak that they couldn't even stand, that they had to put one arm on one person and another arm on another person just to keep them standing for the salat. But despite that that amount of weakness, they would still make it to the they would still make it to the prayer. And imagine if we got together and we planned to live a a, a life like that. Think about how many, just in getting to that point where we made a society like that, how many of the issues that people think are the quote-unquote real issues of the ummah, how many of them would have been solved from the, from the get-go? Would we sell each other out in front of other people? Absolutely not. Would we uh, 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 you know, backbite one another? Would we uh, curse one another? Would we uh, uh, you know, behave like snakes and scorpions with one another? Absolutely not. That's where the, the unity and cohesiveness and the brotherhood of Islam starts from, is from. From doing things like that, Allah Taala give tawfiq. I'm nothing but uh, just somebody who's repeating the message. So if you see, well, look at you, you're not doing any of this either yourself. Okay, you sharpen the sword, kill me. But after the darsh, so at least you know what, what's uh, uh, what, what 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 what's right. You know, knowing what's right, it opens the door for possibly getting there one day. Not knowing in the first place, it means the door is going to be locked forever. وعن سيدنا أبي الدرداء رضي الله تعالى عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ما من ثلاثة في قرية ولا بدون لا تقام فيهم الصلاة إلا قد استحوذ عليهم الشيطان فعليكم فعليكم بالجماعة فإنما يأكل الذئب يأكل الذئب من الغنب القاسية Ruahu Abu Dawuda bi Isnadin Hassan. It's so ajib. Hmm? It's so ajib. This hadith is narrated by people in like a political context, which is fine. The reality is that it's true in that context as well. Uh, uh, um, but uh, they narrate in the political context and they don't narrate it in the, in the actual native context that the Prophet said it. That Abu Darda radiallahu anhu, who was he, he was the same as like uh, Abdullah bin Masrud radiallahu anhu, was sent to the people of Sham. He's one of the narrators of the Quran and one of the the ulama of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum to the people. Sorry of, of Kufa, right? This is a, much of the Hanafi madhab is built on the opinion of Abdullah bin Masrud and the, the through the halaqa of Abdullah bin Masrud. There are places the Hanafi madhab leaves his opinion as well. It's not. It's not just like the no. None of the madhahib are are the are based around centered around the personalities of people other than the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But the methodology is his. So just like that, Abu Darda was sent to the people of Sham to be their their the the scholar of the people of Sham, and so he he also mentions just like Abdullah bin Masud radiallahu anhu mentioned before. He said, "I heard the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, there's not three people who are in a village.'" Or even in the in the uh, even uh, nomads out in the desert, uh, except for uh, uh, the prayer should be established amongst them. And uh, I remember this. I remember like growing up in Blaine, Washington. Um, you know, being in a school where like when the other brown kid moved to town, you know, people would like call us by each other's name because they can't because we all look alike to them, like level of small town, right? 
So uh, uh, um, even then, mashallah, we tried to uh, make the 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 congregation, the jama'ah of the Muslims. Uh, I guess all we can do is try. So they said that there's three, there's th- that three people don't get together in a village or uh, in a in a village or uh, in in the, the the desert nomads in the desert, except for uh, the prayer must be established amongst them. And if if they're not able to do so, then shaitan will overwhelm them. Then shaitan will overwhelm them. So, uh, uh, an obli- the jama'ah, the congregation, is an, uh, 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 an obligation over you. And uh, 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 the wolf will only eat from the, the flock, the, the, the sheep that strays. Which is an observation Rasulullah made. Why? Because he also, like all the Anbiya, he was a shepherd at one time. If the wolf attacks the flock, I mean like a full-grown male ram. A ram is a male, so that's redundant. But a full-grown ram, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's like formidable. has its horns. It's a big animal. It can charge really hard and hit really hard. And so uh, uh, it can hit the, uh, the, the wolf hard enough to really irritate it possibly injure it and a bunch of rams that hit the wolf can kill the wolf so what does the what does the wolf do the wolf will not attack straight into the middle of the flock unless it wants to get beat up and bruised or die or it's you know has some sort of like something's wrong with it usually people like pain there's something wrong with them but animals usually like much like darwinian uh, uh uh, mechanics basically weed those types of animals out. So what happens is that the, the wolf is not going to do that. The wolf will watch the flock and it will wait for the one that's heedless and that's like straggling. And so what will it do? It'll shoot over, it'll kill it, and then it'll back off real quick. And what will happen is that the the the, the rest of the flock will be like, well, there's nothing we can do with it now. It's dead. They'll bite it in the throat. It'll bleed out and whatever. The wolf will hang out from far away and wait for the rest of the flock to move on because it's not like they're going to pick it up and take it with them or whatever, right? There's really nothing to do at that, at that point. It's a loss. So they'll, they'll move on and then it will, it will come and the other wolves will come and they'll, they'll, they'll start to feast on it. Um, that's how one wolf is going to get its dinner out of the, the flock. So that's what uh, Rasulullah sallallahu mm-hmm. alayhi wa sallam said. That the shaitan, uh, the, 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 that, that, uh, that three people in nomads in the desert or in the nomadic range or uh, people in a remote village uh, so it's Ola for the people who are in the city That three people will not uh, come together Except for the congregation must be established amongst them And if it's not, the shaitan will overwhelm them Why? Because the wolf will always attack the, the sheep that strays uh, Far from the flock uh, And again, this hadith is oftentimes quoted by people in political context And it's true in the political context as well but, uh, you know, don't quote it with agenda, put it in its native context, that if the salat isn't straight, then the rest of the things are not going to be straight. So in some sense, if the brothers of the jamaat and the brothers of the, the hizb, they got together and they humbled themselves in front of the nusus of deen, they would realize that if they did their work properly, there would be no reason to argue with one another because the, the, the maqasid will be, the tahqiq of the maqasid will be there hand in hand. The only person who sees that whole picture is the ulama. Without them, uh, both of them are going to spin off into a, a different side of destruction. But uh, uh, because people, unfortunately, ha- don't have those uh, ties with the ulama and they haven't put their ties with the people of knowledge uh, and humble themselves in front of their knowledge, then they, uh, you know, they're uh, busy paving the road to hell with their good intentions. Allah Ta'ala protect us uh, uh, and give us a, a better way. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.